You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan coming to you live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems Studio. Uh, he's yes, here. He's We're going to talk to him soon. He's doing prep. Cavalry FC manager Tommy Wilden Jr. We're going to have a little World Cup draw during the break. And this is how it's going to go. Um, we're going to each take two teams to potentially win the whole tournament and then one dark horse team that's at least 100 to 1 to win the whole shebang. We're going to do that. I'm fired up. And uh, we'll talk about Canada. We'll preview some of the groups. Uh, Tommy's going to be all over uh, the World Cup coverage for us like a dirty shirt because, um, Matt Rose, I know um, this is much like the CFL with me, with mm-hmm. you when it comes to World Cup soccer, mm-hmm. but uh, we all got you here because... Uh, Patty Dumas is a big soccer guy. Alex Brody's a big soccer guy. Although he has a Switzerland scarf on today, which I want to fight him over. But um, we're we're gonna help you out through this World Cup. I'm fired journey. up. You know what? I uh, especially working on the morning show. I get such a respect and uh, an adoration for sports that are during the day. Yes, like tennis. Like yep. the the recent ATP finals. Watching Felix in the morning. Yep. I love that. Uh World Cup is going to be great for it. Anytime that there's like a golf tournament, like the Open overseas, yep. that's a big one. Love it. Love that type of stuff. Uh, we'll be talking some World Cup straight ahead. Global first, Series in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, Flames lost 4-1 last night uh, in Tampa Bay uh, to the Lightning to kick off their six-game road trip. Uh, the number one storyline uh, that's been talked about this morning is the third goal after the Flames cut Tampa Bay's lead to 2-1. to one. Uh, Myers shot it from the point. Uh, uh, just to play, Jacob Markstrom has to have it's a stinker. Ten seconds after the Flames cut Tampa Bay's lead to two to one, and I gave the numbers out earlier. And over the past forty six games, uh, Jacob Markstrom's goals against is point six seven higher, and his save percentage is below twenty five points. Uh, that's not recency bias. Uh, he hasn't been the same guy since March first of this year. And he has been struggling a little bit. And is that on Jacob Markstrom? Is that on the team in front of him? Is that a little bit of both, Matt? I think it's a little bit of both. Because, listen, the the team is giving up a lot of good opportunities that I think even at this point last season, right around the 20-game mark, that 15-20, to they had all three of their D pairs set and they had really started to work on a defensive structure that Daryl Sutter had started to implement in the final 20 games of the previous season when he took over. This year, the chances are much better, and Jacob Markstrom is making a lot of great saves in the games, but at the same time, a lot more often than we've seen him throughout his Flames tenure, which is a few years now, a lot more often we are seeing goals that go in that you look and, and you're... You're going, was it deflected? Did it go off somebody? Was he screened? And there really isn't an excuse, for lack of a better word. So, yeah, there's there's been more stinkers this year uh, than you would expect from Jacob Markstrom. But the defense has not necessarily been ideal either. I think it's a little bit of a, a you know, two wrongs certainly don't make a right. Um, it, it goes back to what, Lou said to me Saturday night after the win over the Jets Mm. is you're not going anywhere until you figure out the D pairs. And uh, you you mentioned it last year or you mentioned it throughout this season. 
Uh, Calgary was ridiculously healthy, and it was an anomaly how healthy this team was and how they were able to keep their blue line intact the entire season. And that's something that right away I've been talking about since watching this team as closely as I have since getting here uh, last month is obviously the strength of the Flames is their depth uh, from top to bottom. They can run four lines. They can put 60 out there. Uh, and, and that's hard to handle. We saw that in the first few games of this season, the game against the Oilers, the first battle of Alberta, the win against the Avalanche. These are these are games where Calgary's depth won them those hockey games. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you have some injuries on the blue line. Uh, Chris Tanev missed a few games. We don't know what's going on with Michael Stone. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're putting guys in positions where it's hard to succeed at this level. And it's hard to win in the NHL when essentially you're playing five blue liners. And you are playing those five blue liners way more minutes than they're used to. Like, we talked about Victor Hedman earlier and how he skated 25 minutes last night. But that's a guy who, go check his numbers, but I bet for the last few seasons, he has averaged well over 25 minutes of ice time a game. Like, this is a guy who, that, that that's his bread and butter. He is a stud number one defenseman. And over the last couple of seasons, well, would you look at that? 25.05, average ice time in 21.22, 25.03 the year before, 24.04 the year before that. He's used to that type of ice time because that's an average as well. So that's a lot of times he's getting up above 25, 26, getting closer to 30 minutes. Look at the ice time for Zadorov and Goodbranson last season. Last season as that third pair, Goodbranson averaged over 18 minutes of ice time. Zadorov was just under 17 minutes of ice time, 16.55. The last four games... That six defenseman, whether it was Gilbert, whether it was DeSimone, whether it was Mackey, has not played more than 10 minutes. And as a result, you're putting a lot more stress yep. on guys like Anderson, Hannafin, Tanev, who we don't even know how healthy he is right now, Zadorov, and Uyghur, who's still trying to get used to the system and has been flip-flopping back and forth from the left and the right sides. You have a lot of moving parts for 16 games into the season. Rasmus Anderson is playing way more than he's used to, and I think it's affecting his game. He was taken off the first power play unit late in that game yesterday and replaced with Noah Hannafin. The blue line is an issue. I totally agree with what Lou said and, and the idea, and all the numbers back it up. Mm-hmm. And the question is, okay, what is the solution? Can one of these three defensemen play better? Hard to say. At this point, I would say, you haven't earned the coach's trust, and you're not going to be able to do that in the course of just a few games. Is Michael Stone going to be back soon? We have no idea. Is Oliver Shillington going to play this year? Like At this point, I think that's a reasonable question. We have no idea what's going on there, and the last update from the general manager was still no update. Are you go- Do you go out and do you make a trade for a sixth defenseman and try and only give up something that's like a mid to late round pick? But, but the what problem you- is... And, and now you're dealing with a cap? Every, I know Elliot talked about it too on Tim and Friends. Everyone's looking for a blue liner right now. That's just a recurring theme in the NHL, much like a starter in baseball. A lot of teams always need an extra starter, much like a lot of teams need an extra blue liner uh, in hockey. Uh, wanted to ask you this too. All the attentions on Jonathan Huberto and obviously the big extension and how Daryl's made those um, kind of sneaky shots at Jonathan Huberto as in he needs to elevate his game. And even Jonathan Huberto admitted that he needs to play better. But how have you, how have you gauged Mackenzie Weegers play? Because mm. I think a lot, I think a lot more has been expected from him and maybe they need a little bit more from him 
because I think his play's gone down a little bit from the first handful of games to begin the season. Well, I honestly thought that at times he was over-aggressive. And I thought that early on, Mackenzie Wieger's game, there were moments that I liked, but there were also moments that I went, that's a way too aggressive forecheck down the wall that's leading to a turnover going the other way. Like There were just things that you saw that said, you can't really be doing that in a Daryl Sutter system when you're going to be paired with a guy like Nikita Zadorov. If you're with Chris Tanev, okay, maybe we can get into the argument. But when you're with Nikita Zadorov, you got to be a little bit more solid in those situations. I think I knew that his offensive numbers were going to deplete. You know, the Panthers are a great rush team. The Flames, you know, when they're having a lot of success and when they did last year, they were coming up the ice with four defensemen. And Oliver Shillington was a big part of that for sure. It is a big part of Mackenzie Wieger's game, but they just haven't really been able to move up the ice with speed really at all the course of the season, whether it's foot speed or or moving the puck with speed with short passes, either or, pick your poison, neither of them have really shone through for the Flames. I I think it's right to say I, I expected more, but I also think that a completely different system from Florida to mm. Calgary, like could you be more run and gun in Florida and then in Calgary, could you right. be more stapled down and, and kind of structured? And like I mentioned earlier, he's flip-flopping left and right. He hasn't found a consistent partner, although I really do think there's some potential with that Uyghurs-Adorov pairing. And then if you could just find somebody to play with Chris Tanev, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're feeling good about your lines again. But that's where I'm at on Uyghur. It's been fine. Uh, right. I like the physicality. Yep. He makes a really good first pass. That stretch pass is really good. But at times I felt like he's over-aggressive. And maybe there's been some nights where he's just been a little bit quiet. You don't notice him as much, which I don't really have a problem with a defenseman. But for a guy and a team that's lacking some offense, maybe you'd like to see him get a little bit more involved. I know we had the conversation um, earlier this week to me that Chris Tanev is probably the most important player on this team. You can make the argument. Yep. Because of what he means to this team. Sure. But l- let me lay it on on front street. And this kind of sounds a little hot takey, but I want to get your opinion on it anyway. Can you win a Stanley Cup if Chris Tanev is your best defenseman? Uh, I think you can. Are you sure? The question is, what are the rest of the guys on your roster? Right? Again, it goes back to my point that look at every Stanley Cup champion. Like, it, the it, last, here's you go the, back 20 years. If oh, they, maybe the Hurricanes with like Brett Hennigan is the last one to win like a cup without a true number one. True. Everyone needs a true number one. Yeah, and, and that's fair. And we've talked about it over the course of the season. Is that Rasmus Anderson? Well, lately he definitely hasn't looked like that guy. Is it Noah Hannafin? Hmm. To be decided, is Chris Tanev an elite number one in a shutdown role? Yes, without a doubt. Like, I don't know. Like, the thing is, it's a differently constructed roster. It is... It. The Edmonton series is a hard... It's hard to draw anything from it that buoys this argument because he didn't play in it. Right. If he's in it, do they win? And if he's in it, do they win? And then does that make you feel like, okay, now they can actually beat a again, team, right? Like Again, this isn't a slight on Chris Tanev. No, by all means. I, I think he's vital 
to the mm-hmm. Calgary Flames' success. But Chris Tanev's never winning a Norse Trophy. No. That's what I'm asking you. I, I He's a top pair guy. He can be in your top pair, I but believe not that you the can. guy. Okay. I believe you can win a Stanley Cup without, That's fair. without a bona fide number one. Okay. But the problem is you cannot have... You cannot have AHL defensemen patrolling your blue line if you do not have a stud that can eat 30 minutes. Yeah. Because the thing is, if you've got to play your top guy like Rasmus Anderson or Chris Tanner or whoever it is, no more than about 23 minutes, yeah. that sixth and- guy has some ice time that he's got to eat up. Like, Kale McCarr can skate 30 minutes and you throw Curtis McDermott out there for seven minutes to punch some faces and throw some people around, and you yeah. feel good about it because that just means you get to play Kale McCarr more. They don't have that. It's right. different. You can do it. Well- but it's different. Just look at the two teams the the Flames are playing this weekend. Oh, yeah. Hedman's the glue. Ekblad was a huge reason why the Panthers bounced back to being the President's Trophy winners last yeah. season. Oh, imagine if he had been healthy for the whole year. That's what I mean. Ridiculous. But that, so that's good. you need those types of guys to potentially win a Stanley Cup. But maybe the Flames can do it with depth. <laughs> and I know a lot of Flames fans got a texter here. Uh, Rasmus Anderson. Potentially. Is he a number one? Uh, I guess to me, the Flames have a lot of twos he, and threes. He looked like he was trending towards number one in the first five games of the season, and right. the last dozen have been the opposite. When direction. he's playing more, yeah. When maybe you should have the reverse effect. Uh, going to be interesting tomorrow. And the one thing I did want to mention too, because yeah. we've had a few people bring up Erica Branson and how why didn't they pay him? Why didn't they keep him and keep that blue line together? That's way too much money for Erica Branson. Have you seen his numbers this year? He's being caved in. Yeah, um, that's what you pay a, a top four defenseman, and that's not him. Um, again, strength is in the depth of the Flames, and they need to get healthy on the blue line and figure out those pairings. All right, uh, before I get to the break, we've been doing uh, Soccer Simplified yes. with Soccer Simpletons all week. We have one more addition before the star of those, Tommy Wielden Jr., who's sitting to my left. My right. Gonna, yes, is going to join us for his World Cup preview, and we're going to have a bit of a World Cup draw here to pick some teams. Uh, why don't we do... Soccer Simplified for Soccer Simpletons. We'll take the break, and then we'll dive headfirst into the World Cup in Qatar. Alex, hit it. With the World Cup just around the corner, do you need some help understanding the beautiful game? Well, you're in luck. It's now time for Soccer Simplified for Soccer Simpletons with our resident footy expert, Tommy Wielden Jr. Oh, and our very own Soccer Simpleton, Matt Rose. You mentioned VAR, and mm. I don't know what that stands for. I assume one of them is video. Yeah, assistant referee. One, assistant re- referee. Okay, yeah. there you go. Learning. So what does that mean? Is that going to be a thing that we hear about at the World Cup? Massively, and what it was brought in is, like I said, you know, to kind of those contentious decisions. Are they onside, offside? You know, you, you think of the human eye has got to make a decision as the ball is being played at what? Jeez. 50, 60 kilometers an hour, the players are running at about that 30, 35. You've got to make a decision whether at the time that ball was passed and at the time that player arrives to receive it, are they onside or offside? And it's so contentious. So at least now they're adding technology. They can take a moment to pause, go upstairs and say, okay, now use the lines to say onside, offside. And, and, and I think it makes it a lot healthier. And are there any issues with this right now? Is oh, it massive. Take two? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. yeah. Wonderful. So, so I think all we've done is, like, I think we've lived in a world where we need more video. If it, we need it going up to the board, right? Yeah. And I think other sports, like hockey's had it, and I think you can challenge calls in NFL. And, and I think now um, football, uh, or soccer as we obviously call it in this country, is, is now trying to modernize the game 
But still, it's a game of opinions, and people say, well, how can you call that offside with, you know, his shoulder and, you know, it's timing and look at where that line's drawn. Everybody's always going to have an opinion, but I think what it's done for the majority is brought the game closer. There he is. Cavalry FC manager Tommy Wilden Jr. In studio next, we'll have our World Cup draw. We'll talk some World Cup. We'll we'll really talk about Canada's chances to maybe get through the group stage. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun straight ahead. One more segment to go. Big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames. Sportsnet 960. The fan. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Everything basement-y since 1992, serving Calgary and Southern Alberta. We got about... It's a World Cup song. Twenty Is this... Turn it up a little bit. I 2010, South Africa, Canaan, waving right. flag. Waving flag, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen uh, the mascot? Uh, for the Olympics coming I, up in Paris. The mascot for the Olympics. Yeah, it, it looks like a specific body part on a female, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, oh, I don't even know what the George. I don't even know what the mascot is in Qatar. Is it is it a like what is it? Is it a, is it a sword? Like what is what is the mascot? I thought it was a ghost. Uh, World Cup. It's a ghost mascot. Oh yeah, I did see that thing. Is it the ghost of all the workers who died building the stadiums oh. because they're a disgusting country? Is that what the mascot is? His name's Laib. Okay. And, and he uh, is a ghost. Yeah. I don't we don't a... know of what, but it looks but, like a ghost. Yeah. He's right Shocker. Yeah. There's a lot of corruption going on during this tournament. And now we're hearing match fixing, potentially, Yay. in the first match. So if you were smart, put some money down on Qatar to beat Ecuador. Because <laughs> apparently there's a lot of yeah. money First being goal, exchanged. second half. Um, Tommy Whelan Jr., Cavalry FC manager, is in studio um, we're going to have a World Cup draw right now. Each of us is going to pick two teams and then one dark horse team that's at least 100 to 1 to win the whole tournament. This is what we're going to do. The winner who picks the winner, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to go for drinks, something to eat. The winner doesn't have to pay for anything. Pretty sweet deal. And if you don't pick a winning team, uh, the team that goes furthest okay, in the tournament. Okay, okay. Deal. All right. Uh, we did the draw. There's like 15 picks. Like We better get the winner, right? It's like half the field here. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, it is, uh, well, yeah, half the field and, um, we did the draw during the break. Uh, Patrick got the first pick followed by Matt Rose, Tommy, myself and Alex. So it's a snake draft fantasy football style snake draft. So Patrick will pick first and then he has to wait all the way to pick number 10 to pick again. And Alex will have back to back picks. So, uh, do, do we have, do we have, do you have a bed for this? Do we have any music for this or we're just doing this cold? I, um, I think we're doing it cold. That would be my assumption. At this well, I think Alex was just taking a photo for the socials. I, I think he'll, he'll find a bed. Sort of like music, maybe a FIFA. You want to play the yeah? Play Is the anthem. Music play the FIFA hear, anthem. Tommy, potentially. No, I was just quite enjoying the, f- the waving flag there. Okay, yeah. 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 maybe you can put well, that. The, the, the FIFA anthem's got no lyrics, and it's it's what they used to enter out to. Now it's uh, Seven Nation Army, but I love the FIFA oh. anthem. Seven okay, so Tommy Tommy Willem Jr. He is the Calvary FC manager. Join us in studio here. We're going to do the draft, Tommy, and then we're going to get your thoughts on Canada and uh, look at some of the groups and okay. what we should be looking for for the World Cup. And uh, first world problem was for you. Uh, you'll be watching the World Cup from Hawaii. Yeah. Tough. It's That's tough. tough gig. Um, How are you going to survive? I, I think, um, How are you going to survive? Um, time off. 
Yeah. Uh, the air yes. is so dewy. <laughs> Very earned. That's, uh, okay. Let's reframe okay, that. Okay, yeah. fine, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I guess. The air is so dewy, you don't even need to lick a stamp. Okay, uh, <laughs> so let's start with the World Cup draw. Producer Patrick Dumas got the number one overall pick. What are you taking here to win the World Cup 2022 in Qatar, Patrick Dumas? Well, it's been 20 years for this nation. Neymar has said this might be his last yeah. tournament. It's going to roll around. Anyway, go ahead. But, you know, you look at this Brazil side. This is top to bottom. This They can throw out probably the best 11 of any other country. I, I'm going to take Brazil with the first pick. I know it's been okay. 20 years, but the yep. last tournament was in, that was in Asia. They won. Yep. This tournament's in Asia. Brazil will win the World Cup. Okay. Uh, they're plus 211 favorites to win the World Cup outright. Tommy, that's, mm. again... It does. It does mean something that the tournament isn't in Europe. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know how that works. But I know Brazil never wins it in Europe. Outside of Europe, they're one of the teams that yep. potentially could win the cup. Fair game as well. I think you've always got to take in the conditions, right? It does play a factor. I mean, what what we see on the on the TV is not reflected by what the players and coaches feel on the sidelines. Mm. It's uh, it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. I know there's going to be air conditioning in it, but that's why you got to favor. You know. Uh, a South American team, you know, maybe even a, a, an African team advancing fairly well. All right. Brazil, number one overall to Patrick Tumal. This is the pick, Tommy, mm. that I'm very intrigued with. Mm -hmm. uh, our footy expert, after you schooled him on the finer points of the beautiful game. I know a My co-host, uh, Matt Rose, and his first pick in the draft. Who are you taking to hoist the World Cup, Matty Rose. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, there's just so many great choices, so many great sides and, and great players. Um, I'm going to take Argentina. Oh, they got the, oh, oh okay. la the last dance for Messi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Messi and uh, the rest of Argentina. Angel Di Maria. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Can you, uh, can, can you name three more players? Julian Alvarez. Uh, <laughs> Julian Alvarez and the three Johnson. other Argen Argentinian yeah. Yeah. fellows. Yeah. El uh, um, Martini. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong. Martini. England and Argentina really get along. There's no yeah, rivalry yeah, yeah. there, No, right? no, they share the Falkland Islands. Oh, okay. They, they share them. Share them. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's like so many <laughs> nations don't do that. That's yeah. so yeah. progressive. Okay. Um, yeah, Argentina. What okay. could go wrong? All right. Matty Rose with Argentina at Plus three twenty nine. All right, Tommy, uh, you were the first one to take out of our World Cup pot. Yeah, uh, you got the third pick overall. There's some big time nations still available. Who are you taking to win the World Cup? Yeah, interesting because the, those two picks gone. I mean, they're 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 very strong picks, but uh, I fancy the French to go back to back. And, and and reason being, okay, you, you look you look at Mbappe, one of the best young strikers in the world. You look at Deschamps. Uh, their manager, he's won it as a as a player um, in France '98. He's won it again in 2018. He knows what tournament's about. They are missing, you know, maybe a Pogba and and, and Kante. That's you know, Kante does a lot of work. You know, thankless task to allow the better players to play. They still got the the pace and the depth. I like Dembele. I like Griezmann. I think you know they've got a champion mentality. So. I'm going with the French. Uh, do you worry about that? Maybe uh, the, the winning hangover. We've seen that recently in World Cups where the champion gets knocked out in the group stage. Yeah. Do you think that's not going to happen to the French because there's just too much talent on that side? I think the depth they have is is very exciting. I'll put it up there with Brazil. I think Brazil are very deep with talent and they blend both experience with youth. Um, but you're right. It's a massive stat about the ones that have won it prior. You, you usually bow out early. I know in our soccer for simpletons, you mentioned how you were a defender. 
Yeah. How would you have defended uh, Kylian Mbappe if he's, oh, if he's running down on you? <laughs> I'd have been piggybacking him, I think, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you can't do that, right? Oh, okay. No. no. Uh, okay. Mbappe? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, really I'd have probably fouled, fouled him in the tunnel. I like to put it out for Maddie so he understands. Yeah. yeah. Mbappe is like the Connor McDavid of soccer right oh, now. Oh, yeah. okay. Bit of a scooter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, Does he go like, down the Al- wing or is Alfonso he right up the Alfonso Davies guy? is oh, super yeah. fast. Yeah. But Kylian Mbappe is ridiculously quick. A lot Mbappe. of pace, as they like to say uh, in footy. Oh, it's my time to make this mm-hmm. pick. Wow. And um, I do like that you went the European route. Mm-hmm. I have European roots. My parents were born there. Uh, I don't really like this team. I don't want them to win. But I think this is a big bounce back for them. And I like their side. And I think they're super deep. I'm going to take the Germans to win the Ooh. World Cup here. Who's going to score some goals for them? Uh, again, they're a team that always shows up in the World Cup. They're ruthless. They're deep. I'll take the Germans to win the World Cup at Mm. plus 658. I don't like England. I don't think England can Mm -hmm. go deep. I think they peaked maybe at Euros. Spain's a big question mark for me. I know Germany's going to show up, and they'll be difficult to knock out of the tournament like they always are. I like the Germans potentially to win this World Cup. So you're going the other way. They had a disappointing 2018. You're fancying them to then Mm. progress. Yeah. Louv is gone as the head coach, although I'm going to miss him picking his private parts. (laughs) They're gearing up for 2024 as well. He's a vile individual, how he picks his nose and eats it. We've seen all of those things at the World Cup. He's not on the touchline anymore. Uh, I'm going to take the Germans at plus over the Spanish. Mm. Uh, the Sp- the big, big countries still mm. out there: England, Spain, the mm. Netherlands, Portugal, Belgium, mm-hmm. a lot Ecuador. Of teams. Yeah, um, mm. our technical director Alex Brody, who by the way has a Switzerland scarf on right now, <laughs> which I'm not a big fan of because they're in the same group as Serbia. Who are you? T- you get back-to-back picks here, Ooh. Alex, to win the World Cup. I didn't think about that. Okay. So uh, we, we literally <laughs> talked about it. Hey, Alex, you get two picks in a row. Okay, I didn't think about that. Okay. <laughs> he was taking pictures. Thanks for paying fairness. attention. Okay. So my first pick, I feel like a lot of people here aren't going to be too happy, but I got to go with Belgium. You know, they're at the oh, end. Oh, the golden last generation. Gold gener- last kick up a can. It's okay. their last chance. Realistically, mm-hmm. they know the stakes are high, and Kevin De Bruyne is still Arguably the best midfielder. I think he's the, the best player in the world. Best player in the world. Whoa, right. I don't know. We talked about Kylian Mbappe too, right? Mm-hmm. But he's the engine that drives the Man City train. Who's got to get Holland the goals? I guess, yeah, I know he's the best player in the Premier League. I understand that. And it's the best league in the world. Tommy, who's the best Who's the best player in the world right now? Actually, I've got to defend Alex a bit. I think right now Kevin De Bruyne is Ooh. up there. Yeah. Uh, ha- having said that, you, you would say Haaland, but he's not at the tournament. Right, yeah. Ha- ha- Harlan's at home like that Rocky Four um, montage, <laughs> working out while, while, while everyone's, uh, everyone's just Ivan Drago competing. style. Yeah, he's Ivan Drago. He's yeah. just getting in full, full on. Is, beast he, mode. is he punching machine yeah. that goes up to Kicking 2000? Is there a robot? I don't even know what the. Uh, I, I like Paul. Alex's pick, and I, and I like, but the issue you've got is Lukaku's not coming into it with uh, with a lot of games under his belt. He's mm. he's not scoring goals, and they need him to be the focal point of their attack. I think Kevin De Bruyne will run it. They've got a bit of an age in defense, but mm. you know this is the last cycle for the golden generation. I, I like the way they play. And that's something we're going to talk about mm. here, uh, Tommy, when we preview Canada, mm-hmm. is can the Canadians take, with their pace, mm. can they take advantage of the slow back line Possibly. of Belgium, who's aging? So that's something we'll talk about. I know Maddie has been blowing up my, my phone over that stuff. What's with these slow guys on the yeah. back line, yeah, bro? Like, like, that's can, what I keep Canada saying. Canada hit them on the counter. Is this going to happen? Yeah. All right, Belgium. Kind of surprised that he went okay. Belgium, fifth overall. And you get back-to-back picks here, Alex. Mm. So who do you got sixth overall? 
So my second pick, I'm pretty. I think this is a pretty good one. I'm surprised they made it this far, but I gotta go with Spain. It's okay. An, it's a yeah. bit of a new look team. You know, there's some big names missing. I think uh, David De Gea is a big one that I was surprised to not see in that squad. Uh, but overall, I think it's it's a great team, and they're backed by a great coach. There's no reason to say no to Spain, especially since they've got some great matches in the group stage that can kind of like prepare them for the knockout stage okay. once they get there. Um, when when we talk about uh, fantasy sports. Mm. Uh, it's all about value picks. Yeah. yeah. Right? Do I believe this team is going to win the World Cup? No. Should I go Netherlands here? I thought about it, but I'm like, there's one team, mm. with all due respect to Patrick Dumas, who was wearing uh, the Orange Crush jersey a couple days ago yeah. in the studio. That's a team that folds like a cheap suit on the biggest stage. They've never had soccer. Virgil here. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. But there's too much value here. I got to take the third favorite. I got to take England here. Okay. There's too much value yeah, to take there's... England here. You're getting them seventh overall in my draft. Mm-hmm. Do I believe Harry Kane can propel the English mm. to a first championship since 1966 Ooh. in Qatar? It feels long. Probably not, <laughs> but there's just too much value here for me to talk, n- not take England in this spot. They're the they're the fourth betting favorite. I have to take England to win the World Cup at plus 480. All right, Tommy, you're up here. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're in the middle of our World Cup draw. You got a lot of big names left out mm. there, Tommy. You got the Netherlands, Portugal, Denmark, Uruguay, Croatia. Which way are you going here? It's an interesting one, actually. Um, because I look at Portugal now with with obviously Ronaldo and whether that's going to fuel him to play. And a mm. bit like Messi, there's a, there's a bit of a last dance in him. And because he's such a high performer, he'll take the world's biggest stage and use it as a stage for him. Um, so I think in that and with that, I think I'm going to go Portugal as oh, my pick. Oh, okay. I like it. Portugal. You're not worried about the Bruno Fernandes, Cristiano Ronaldo nah, feud right now? You think nah, they're going to smooth things over? Ronaldo's too much of a big, important player to that, and I think give him a week together and hear his side, I think he's, uh, uh, yeah, they'll smooth it over. I've never asked you this. Uh, the GOAT debate, Ooh. are you a Ronaldo or a Messi guy? That's that's a really good one. Um, I, I'm more spot. I'm more Ronaldo. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, same. I've always been a Ronaldo mm. guy. Yeah, he's, he's done also it over different countries, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's also strikingly <laughs> good looking. You'd have a um, good night out with him, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I probably would. Those chiseled yeah. features, yeah. picking up uh, his knockdowns, and those abs you can definitely <laughs> grate cheese on. Mm. Okay, uh, there you go. Tommy's been with his two favorites, France and Portugal. Matty Rose, you've been sitting here like a caged tiger, ready to make some picks here. Uh, you still got a lot of good teams available. You got the Netherlands. You got Denmark, Uruguay. You know, you know who I not like. You know who I absolutely love. Yeah, my dad. Okay, <laughs> and he's Danish, so I'm going with Denmark. Go. Okay, okay, all right. Okay. I like, I like Danish. Denmark. Very simple. Denmark. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, they were and plus I'm sure they have lots, to win the tournament. Lots of good players too, like mm. um, Christian yep. Eriksson. Yep, Christian Eriksson and. and uh, Thor Ragnarsson. Thor Ragnarsson's <laughs> really good. Um, Mjolnir yeah. and Loki. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got the you got the Danes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're back to number one with producer Patrick Dumont. It's our World Cup draw. Big show, Russick and Rose. Uh, Patrick snagged Brazil, the favorites to win the tournament. Uh, are you going to stay in South America here, Patrick? No, he's going to take his venture into he's Europe. Take his baby boys. Which mm-hmm. way are you going here? Because this is our last favorites pick mm-hmm. then we have to take a side that's at least a hundred to one to win the mm. tournament next where are you going here patrick dumas the only thing that really worries me about this dutch side is whether or not 
they can keep the goals out in the go- like that's one thing. They've got it's probably the best defense that they've ever had at this tournament. Van Dyke, Delete, Devry. Seriously. But in net, they didn't bring, they didn't take Sillison. They got Justin Bijlow, who's made eight appearances, I believe, from the Netherlands. It's gonna be tough for them because they'd have to play Argentina in the quarterfinals, but Netherlands Argentina, that's a that's an underrated rivalry. I think the Dutch okay. will finally be the snap this streak of not winning a major tournament. Mm. Euro 88 is the only one. Netherlands, let's go. Is this a side that can do it, Tommy? Can the Dutch lift the World Cup when it's all said and done? I think he makes a good point. I mean, Virgil van Dijk is arguably the best defender in the world right now. And uh, yeah, championships are won on on defense, and especially at the big stage, being able to have that shutdown player that can take away the pace from the opposition. Yeah. All right, uh, let's break down our picks, uh, our favorite fi- picks. Patrick Dumont, pretty good roster. Brazil, Netherlands to win the World Cup. Yeah. That's loaded. Matty Rose, Argentina, Denmark. Uh, Tommy has France and Portugal. I have Germany and England. And Techland director Alex Brody has Belgium and Spain. All right, Matty Rose, you got to take a team that's at least 100 to 1 to win the World Cup. It's our dark horse pick. What do you got for us? I want to take Wales. Okay. It's a good side. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham. Love me some Welcome to Wrexham. Okay. Uh, I'm very uh, dialed on all these rosters and stuff, so I'm just going to take country that, uh, yeah. Wrexham. Is Gareth Bale going to replicate his performance in the MLS Cup final and deliver the goods for Wales? <laughs> Did he do it for I, 90 minutes three times? I, I, he's, 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 I he's massive for Wales. He's massive. Yep. The reason yeah. they're there. Okay. He, yeah, he's massive. He's a big guy. Actually, and I'll, I'll encourage I you. Know. I was talking before this. Go onto YouTube and look up Michael Sheen's speech to the Welsh yes. team. Oh, it was so good. It's, it's, it's spine-tingling, and they haven't been in the World Cup for 64 years. They're in England's group, but... I absolutely love their passion going into this. Okay. Let's uh, go. Right. Wales down for Matt Rose. Tommy, uh, it's time for to pick us a, a dark horse here to win this tournament. Um, lots of teams, including the one that's from this country, which would be unbelievable. It, but it would be. Which way are you it going It would here, be. Tommy? Do you know what? I'm, 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 til- I'm, I'm, I'm between Senegal and Uruguay. And Senegal and reason being. Oh, no. You, you can't go Senegal, Uruguay, Tommy. We're going 100 to we 1. We got to go 100 here. to 1. I messed up. Uh, you, can, you can start with uh, Morocco, oh. Canada, Ghana, oh, it's Japan. Easy. Canada. Okay. For, all for right. Me. I like it. For, for, and reason being, they've got pace. It's their, they've mm. got this great brotherhood under John Herdman. And, uh, you know, they've got this no fear attitude. You know, they're going into it with everything to gain and nothing to lose. I love it. Uh, uh, Canada, really endearing yourself to our listeners too, Tommy. I do like that bonus points for grabbing <laughs> Canada as the dark horse. All right, I'm up. Um, there's slim pickings right now for me, just staring blankly at this. Uh, I don't want the host to win, definitely, and they won't, but that's Qatar. Um, Canada already gone. Ugh, those Asian teams. Give me Ghana. At Ooh. 150 to 1. Uh, I like their style. Are you last stand? Uh, the, I, I like African teams. They, mm. they like to tack. They play those pressing. Mm-hmm. Maybe defense is always a question mark on those African sides, Tommy. They're actually the youngest team in the tournament, so okay. they're going to have great energy. Uh, great give me energy. Ghana Legs. at 150 mm. speed to yeah. 1. Pace. All right, uh, Alex Brody, uh, give us your dark horse here. Okay, so I actually really thought this one through, and I'm glad it made it all the way but my dark horse pick is Korea Republic. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. hear me out. I Okay, I do agree that Portugal is a great side, but I do think there maybe is a little bit of am- animosity there. Mm-hmm. Animosity, pardon me. Okay. There. Mm-hmm. So I think English. Korea Republic can sneak out of this group, mm-hmm. you know, get a good good round of 16. Sun is probably going to be playing in a mask. 
He's not 100% cleared mm-hmm. yet, but... Looks like Batman. Yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> Maybe that'll make him play better. I don't know. But I, I think this is actually a really interesting side to keep an eye on, and that's who I would go with. For my okay. Gone, uh, sorry, South Korea. All right, Patty Dumont, uh, your team is stacked. You have Brazil and the Netherlands. Who is your final pick in the, uh, in the inaugural Big Show World Cup draw? You know what? I'm looking at it right now. You know, this is going to be a tough group for both Canada and Morocco to make any type of movement. I like Morocco. Just Ashraf Hakimi. Uh, Akim Zayech is a good side. They got a new manager. The old manager's out. They got the stars back in. Morocco plays a good style. They they took Spain and Portugal pretty late in 2018. They played them well there. I think Morocco, that'll be my long shot at uh, 121 to 1. Okay, there we go. Uh, we're all set for a World Cup draw. Uh, just to recap, Patrick Dumont, Brazil, Netherlands, Dark Horse, Morocco. Matty Rose, Argentina, Denmark, Wales as his Dark Horse. Tommy has France, Portugal, and Canada. I have uh, Germany, England, and Ghana, and Alex has Belgium, Spain, and South Korea. There you go. There's our World Cup draw. Uh, I would imagine there's a winning side, although nobody mentioned Serbia. There's a winning (laughs) side uh, in these teams. Do you you agree with that, Tommy? Is there a winner with one of the teams we've selected? Oh, massively. Yeah. Okay. All right. If there isn't a winner, it's uh, it's the team that went furthest in the tournament will win our bet. All right, there it is. uh, The inaugural World Cup draw on the Big Show with Russick and Rose Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan coming to you live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems Studio. All right, Tommy, uh, we got about nine minutes here to kind of break down the rest of the tournament. Clearly, we want to focus on Canada in the World Cup Mm -hmm. for the first time since nineteen eighty six. They failed to score a goal in Mexico in their first uh, tournament. Big, uh, enormous qualifying campaign, just bulldozing their way through CONCACAF, mm-hmm. which we know was synonymous with dodgy officiating. Mm-hmm. You think there's some bad calls in the NFL? Watch a CONCACAF qualifying match. The refereeing <laughs> is so suspect, it's not even fair. But uh, Canada's in tough. They, they're in a group with Belgium. They're in a group with Croatia and Morocco. How does Canada see their way through this group? What needs to happen in your mind? for Canada to advance to the knockout stage. Well, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Herdman and his staff approach the game against Belgium, you know, it being the opening one, um, Belgium having this, you know, golden generation. uh, I I don't know if they're going to sit off and then hit them on the counter and let them have time and space, possibly. Mm. But you're going to actually see, I think you're going to see a a tactical versatility from Canada because through CONCACAF, Herdman does this thing where he'll high press in certain moments of the game, mid-block defensive, um, they'll build out whether it's in a back four or a back three. Um, I think they're going to have a go because I think the way he's approaching it is, you know, let's let's get to this uh, World Cup before we're gifted one in 2026, achieve that, topped, right. topped CONCACAF, you know, um, and I think they're looking at the first points on the board ever and the first goal. So he's give these great goals to this team and I think they're more than capable of doing it. Coaching sounds just so important in all of this. And Mm -hmm. I know John Herdman is a guy that we've been singing his praises in Canada for a little while here now. But where does he kind of rank on that global scale for you as far as managers, bench bosses Mm -hmm. uh, that are going to be in this tournament? Well, he's in the top 30 plus, isn't he, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because results speak for themselves. He's got them to where they need to be. And he's also done it the hard way. And he's done it the unconventional way where they, you know, he started academy coaching in England and then went to New Zealand and, and led an uh, organization there. Uh, ran, ran their women's team to a World Cup, did the same thing with the women's national team here in Canada, and then you know moved over to, to the male side and is, is producing results again. What that shows is he's a coach, 
He's a leader. He's a visionary. And I think mm-hmm. he's a transformational one at that. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we're seeing now. And it's the best time to be involved in soccer in this country for me in the National League because he's doing such a great job with growing the game and growing our name to other countries that have always seen us as just a hockey playing nation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you talk about how uh, ultimately the goal mm. of this tournament is to look ahead four years from now mm. when it's Mexico, the United States, and Canada hosting the World Cup. Uh, is it easier to play that way with no pressure then? This is a young, eager side. I know, but they had some big results, Tommy. Yeah. Ha- drawing at the Azteca in one of the toughest Massive. places on the planet to, mm-hmm. to get a, a result from. Mm-hmm. They did that. They got a result on the road against mm-hmm. the Americans. Yeah. Uh, like These are not easy places to get results. How much do you think John Herbman's about four years and is it easier to play when there really isn't pressure on this team with kind of low expectations, maybe outside of this country? I, I would say so. I think it gives you that freedom to perform because now, you, you know, there's low expectations, but there's high potential. And I think when you put those two together, you've got a really good chance. I mean, I've spoke in depth with Nick Ledgewood, who's, you know, a previous player of ours now part of the coaching staff. You know, when you go down to Honduras or go to Mexico, oh they were getting thrown bags of urine as they're coming onto the pitch. It's yep. it's it's or you know car sirens outside their hotel at two three a.m. They look Classy. out. It's 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 the police and yeah. they're starting it yeah. and they're doing yeah. it with their sirens. Yeah, you know. So fair play. They they've earned their way here and they and they deserve it. I love you know the energy of of Alfonso Davies, of Jonathan David, of Tejon Buchanan, you know Kyle Laren. I, I think they've. They've got an impact. I mean, where the leadership of uh, Milan Borjan at, at the back, but I think where they could be, you know, a little bit of a flaw is, is their defensive depth. Um, yeah. I, I think when you compare it to the other countries, uh, they don't have players that play in the Champions League like Stefan Estacchio, Buchanan, Davies, and all that. But they're 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 a band of brothers, um, and I think they will fight for each other. They seem to have like that that confidence, that swagger mm. about them, despite, you know, they're 100 to 1 odds. Like, they're mm. not a favorite mm. to win no. this tournament. Has that surprised you at all, the way that they've kind of shown that? And, and how can that help them in this tournament? Yeah, I think it being a long shot is a good one. And it is part of the greater, bigger picture is is in four years' time, the World Cup comes through our shores. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's part of it. What do, what do we learn through, A, qualifying, and B, actually playing at the World Cup, what does it mean to go and face Belgium who've got these you know, world-class stars right. and take a point off them, you know, score a goal off them, um, you know, potentially beat them? Um, and they're more than capable. I mean, if you watch the Japan and, and Canada game, you know, Japan are actually a really good side and move very quick, very dynamic, very high pressing, very, very organized. The Asian teams, and that's, you know, uh, Alex's pick on, on Korea, you know, they're very, they're fun to watch. Mm. Great energy, great organization, everything's collective, but I like the way Canada were able to mm. deal with that threat and have a go, and they are going to be a surprise package. Yeah, If you thought it was an electric factory uh, when Canada was qualifying for the World Cup, imagine a victory, what that would mean. Could you mean? On that? their opener to beat yeah. Belgium, that yeah. would be earth-shattering Ripples. if Canada did that. I've heard their defensive side is pretty slow on Belgium. Yeah, the back line. Yeah, back that's line. something back line. with yeah. Alphonse mm-hmm. Davies' pace, mm-hmm. and you hope the hamstring yeah. is fine. And I'm glad he got the treatment yeah. in Germany with Bayern Munich. You're having the best possible people yeah. in the world working on that hamstring. So hopefully he's 100% to go for the opener uh, Wednesday against Belgium. Real quick here, Tommy, uh, what's the big? What's a big-name team that you think will fall flat on their face in this tournament? I think you'll pick Germany. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I, 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 they are usually good in, in tournaments. I don't know if they're outstanding in it yet. Um, they're kind of going through that transitional period where they've got the the Mullers of this world kind of transitioning out and you know new coach coming in 
and then they've got some young players coming forward and I don't know if they've got the Germany are always good at being like they're that engineering nation right and mm. you know, produce the best cars and great teams and and you looked at that with Bayern Munich in the Champions League they're not kind of I don't know if they've got that flow yet and I, I fancy in that group mm. I do fancy the Spanish because I think they're ahead of Germany in that and you see now well they performed in the Euro so I think Germany are the ones that are going to fall short. Uh, is there anything? Was there anything better back in Brazil where they thrashed Brazil? What was it, seven to one? And Crazy. people in the stands were crying yeah. after Germany absolutely dismantled them in that tournament. Well, Oliver Minitao, who's a previous player of ours, is uh, he's Brazilian and his mum's German, and he remembers being there in, in Brazil and seeing it. He said it was just, it, it was, it was almost like there was a death in the family. Like yeah. where, <laughs> that's how, that's how it felt across yeah. Brazil because absolutely. host nation semi final. And it wasn't just a beating; it was a shellacking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and real quick here, Tommy, uh, your dark horse for a tournament—the the dark horses so, we haven't talked about, yeah. but like that—that that middle of the road. Yeah, and team. that's why I was going with uh, Senegal and Uruguay. I really like Uruguay. You know, they've got the old guard of Suarez and Cavallini, but they've Is he also bite somebody. Yeah, yeah maybe not oh, again. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it's, it's sad that that becomes the thing you yeah, remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that Suarez. Yeah. In. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what but, about the guy who did the headbutting? Zidane. Oh, yeah, Zidane. Yeah, he doesn't play anymore? Yeah. No. Oh. Not another highlight of a World That's Cup. That's such a soccer yeah, thing yeah, yeah. where you're going to headbutt the other guy. Yeah. Anyway, Scottish kiss, they call that too. Oh, but yeah, no, uh, I like Darwin Nunes, Bentacar, and Valverde. They've got that kind of next generation of players. They're very tactically organized under a new coach. I, I like them. Um, and, and I like Senegal as the, as the African pick. And the reason being, Afghan champs, they've got players playing in big leagues. You know, mm-hmm. you think of Mane now at Bayern Munich, Champions League winner. You think of Mendy and... and Koulibaly at uh, Chelsea, Idrissa Gay. They, they've got players playing a big stage and are a good age. So if I was to pick either one of them, I'm going to lean towards Uruguay because mm. I think they're just, there's something about them. Having watched them against Canada, I thought, oof, they're at a different level. Uh, that's Tommy Wielden Jr. He is the Cavalry FC manager. Uh, he's our World Cup guy, uh, especially for the Canada matches. Mm. You're on your way to Hawaii, so we look forward to talking to you uh, from Hawaii and breaking down the Canada matches. Thanks for coming in today, pal. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Uh, that's it for us. I'm off next week. Uh, Maddie, you got d- just keep her, keep the seat warm, okay? Yeah, I'm, we're just going to try and make sure they don't turn the lights off on us. That's okay, going to be the main goal here. Yeah, uh, it's under promise over deliver what you should be doing. Uh, we'll, t- we'll talk to you Write in a week down. or so. Write that down. Under Enjoy the World Cup. Uh, we'll talk promise. to you then. Bye.